you look like a 70s porn star. Excuse me? I'm like, you're wearing, you're wearing this, like... I'm wearing a tank this, top. Yeah, this, like, orange and... It's like a 70s style tank yeah, top. Yeah, black striped tank a, top. And your chest hair is sticking out the top. Oh very, It's very voluptuous. And you have, like, your hair slicked back. If you had a gold chain... Maybe I'm just a producer of pornography. Why do I have to be a performer? <laughs> I don't know. That's a very good this question. You could be the Burt. You could be the Burt Reynolds. <laughs> this is a horrible thing to say to me. I'm all fussy tonight. We're recording. The consequence of recording tonight <laughs> is that my computer is garbage, and I'm hot. It's so hot in here. We're traveling tomorrow morning, and we're recording right before. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. My key, my keypad, the top keys don't work. The entire QWERTY Yupa. Look, look at this. Nothing's happening. Did you see that? And what I found out. How will you spell Reliant K now? I can't. Every letter except K and L of Reliant K <laughs> is in that section of keys. Welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. <laughs> wow, there's such an aggressive energy tonight. And I still hate consequences. The brother from you is one of my best defenses. Consequences got to make me face up to this. And I still hate consequences. The brother from you is one of my best defenses. Cause I know that I let you down. Is this is it okay that I just mentioned porn in our Reliant K podcast? Yeah. You just I, mentioned it. We have to be safe for the little ears, Danny. Right. <laughs> I feel like we're getting a better sense of our listeners at this point, right? Like more people are interacting, we see more regular faces, people yeah. calling up and leaving voicemails. But it's like so now we're have a better sense of what our listeners are like. When we started out, we were like, oh, is everyone out there because they were Lion K fans super Christian? <laughs> no, because then I found like the whole like, you know, LBGT side of Reliant K fandom on YouTube. There's a whole world of Reliant K fans. So we can start talking about porn. You want to talk about <laughs> Just kidding. But just referencing it is not that bad. It's like sometimes I remember in high school, there were these like if I I, I don't remember the specifics of this story, but I. Like I was talking, I was in high school, in my Christian high school, and there was reference to something, and I was like, something innocuous that I said along the lines of, ha ha ha, that music sounds like 70s porn music or something, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't referencing actual pornography, just in a general sense. And there was this one kid, I don't want to name him, I don't think he, li I know he doesn't listen, but I just <laughs> won't name him. Okay. He was like, how would you know? It's like, oh, like, really? Really? Because I... Because we've all seen cause, Boogie Nights. Because, yeah, well, we've all seen, like, everything. Like, I, like it's a reference point for culture. Yeah. And, like, I'm not... And if I know that reference point, that somehow makes me, in your eyes, like, a, a patron of pornography. Side note, that kid got a girl pregnant. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, immediately, because... Whatever. Because <laughs> he was all high and mighty. Look at me. I got married. Okay. Let's move on now. <laughs> I still hate consequences. But you know what? That kid from my school Had learned consequences. consequences. 
And that ties in perfectly to our hot apartment weird energy opening to this podcast. Because this week we are talking about I So Hate Consequences. Peek behind the curtain. We have tried to record this opening three times now. I'm happy with this one, though. (laughs) I think this one's going really well. Because the earlier ones, I was still mad about my computer. I was coming at it with negativity. (laughs) Like, the energy is just as weird, but I'm positive now. All right. And I love you, and I'm having a great time. (laughs) So, because we're talking about... What we're talking about an mm-hmm song this week. How could I not be in a good mood when we're talking about an mm-hmm song or yuppers? Song. A yuppers, yeah. That's what I want to call the album is yuppers. So yeah, we're talking about I so hate consequences. It is track Track four. Yes, track four. Yeah. Is it's, that how little on the, on the vinyl it's on the A side? That's right. Is that how little I think I have to say about the song this week that I'm like, this is track number four. <laughs> No, I have plenty to say about this song. I, I like have this lots song. to say about this song, too. I'm oh, excited. Good. Well, before we talk about that, we don't have a lot of top of the show business. There's been a lot of activity on Twitter. I feel like I'm really getting into the flow of the Twitter with the podcast. I've had nice. a tweet and an Instagram post almost every day since, um, what's the song we did two weeks ago? <laughs> Must have done Must something have done right. something right. And Mountaintop. I've been keeping on that social media train, and everyone's been liking stuff, and I've been coming up with ideas, so... Good stuff. Yeah. My point was, like, I don't have a lot of top of the show business from off of the Twitter that I'm aware of. This is a stark contrast to our um, to our other podcast that we did a couple years ago. <laughs> First about, time we're mentioning that. Yes, about... Um, I feel like we've dropped it before, but we right. did a podcast about a TV show a few years back, and... I ran all the social media for that one, and I yeah. did all the like reaching out and interacting stuff. And we, uh, this time, when we went to start a podcast, I was like, "You get to do it," because <laughs> you already run so many other like accounts and meme meme accounts and stuff. Right. So I was like, oh. "I do remember some so some stuff from Mountaintop last week." Overall, oh right, just a couple just a couple things to mop up from that. When we were editing the episode together, there's that second verse where he's like. Bluebird on it, nothing in it, piece we never found, all yes. that. Yeah. He's still talking about the vase. In the episode, I'm kind of like confused, and I don't think that second verse is about the same vase. And you that the totally rest of the song. threw me off and made me question myself because I'm like, it's about the vase. And Danny's like, it's not about the vase. It's we, he's moved on. But as I mentioned in the song, as I mentioned in that episode of Mountaintop, that it wasn't a song I was like super into. Right. So I didn't like pay attention to it enough plus we read all those genius annotations and some of them were so off that's enough to fry your brain yeah they threw me (laughs) and i when i i was basically really reading that verse for the first time and i confused myself and then inadvertently i confused you yes he's singing about the vase the whole time the vase has a bluebird on it the vase has a piece missing and it's what makes it perfect so I apologize for that. We also didn't even talk about the horns in the song in Mountaintop. And of course, I love horns because I love ska music. Yeah. Forgot to mention the horns. Not that horns are the only thing about ska music, but Mountaintop is growing on me. Good. <laughs> Did I'm you glad. have other things to say about Mountaintop? Yes. I said that Mm-hmm 10 is not available on Apple Music, and it is. Oh. I had gotten confused because when I had searched it out previously, I hadn't found it. And then I went back and was able to find it this time. Um, And I also forgot to mention that I discovered Reliant K on a mountaintop. Oh. Um, I heard them for the first time on a youth group ski trip uh, retreat on Sugar Mountain. (laughs) 
I, I, I got confused. I'm like, you just talked about this. And I'm like, no, this is because I listened to our zero episode and, <laughs> and our first episode again. Yeah. And you told that story in those. Mm-hmm. I was listening to those because if long-term listeners remember, we only got like 30-something episodes, but people who have listened to every episode will remember, I was constantly messing up the area code of our early episodes, <laughs> and I found out how to edit the audio. I figured out, finally, nice. how to edit existing audio without marking it as a new episode. With you know, It'll stay as played and pre- people who've already listened to it. So I'm like, I gotta go back, find the episodes where I messed up the area code and fix those. So I started listening to our earlier podcasts. And we may have weird energy now, but this is my impression of us oh, on no. Hello McFly. Oh no. Uh, yeah, Hello McFly is a pretty good song. Um, I like Back to the Future. Back to the Future is a good movie. This is we should we should go back to our first episode, and this is how oh, no. we should sound from now on. Did so today we're talking about I so hate consequences, <laughs> Jessica. How, how do you feel about I so hate consequences from the album? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm listening to NPR. <laughs> I don't. I was gonna try to quote some of that Saturday Night Live. NPR I was gonna sketch, do the exact same thing. I'm of, like, I'm like shwenny balls. That's balls, all I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we can so voicemails. We yeah, do have voicemails this week. Um, these go back to, I forgot again. Must have done something. Must like, have done, which is I funny. I can't get it right. You can't in the episode, and I didn't notice it at the time, you said, um, <laughs> you called it, what have you been doing lately? Did I? Yeah. Here's, you know what it, you know what it is? You know what it is? And this ties in perfectly to this week. I'll just talk about this now. I'll get it. I'll get ahead of myself a little. Okay. Reliant K just have certain song titles that just in my brain, they're too similar. I know the song when I hear the song. If I start humming the song, I don't mix up the lyrics. But it's just like I can accidentally interchange certain titles. I know this because in researching this week on YouTube for I So Hate Consequences, I found... My uh, I myself hates who I. <laughs> see, I can't even. Who I am hates who, who I am hates who I've been. People mislabeled. People would upload who I am hates who I've been. Oh, okay. And they would label it. I still hate consequences and vice versa. They are very like similar songs, and in the live at Capitol, uh, they do play them back to back. Okay. Oh, yeah. But I mean, and they they do they almost tell a story if you like they bleed into each other very very nicely. Right, and and like I just so it's just something about the song some of some of the song titles and Reliant K is not a samey band they're not like the Ramones or something where like if you're new to the band the songs all kind of sound samey or I would even say that about like the, the, the Descendants and I'm sure there's other bands that like if you're when when I was a novice to those bands I'm like these songs all sound like one big mash of the same song. And then eventually you kind of glom on to what makes each song different. And you start to understand Reliant K's songs all sound different, but their titles are sometimes mishmashed in my brain. That's okay. I I so hate consequences and maintain consciousness. Oh, there you go. I get confused because of the C's <laughs> right. in there. Yeah. Um, well... I have no segue to back to the voicemails, <laughs> except that I bet the person who called last week, who was calling us to talk about, <laughs> must have done something right. I got it. 
the person who called last week to give us some notes on our Must Have Done Something Right episode, this person probably doesn't mix up song titles. So let's hear from this person. Hello, uh, this is John uh, from the band Relanke. I am listening to my first episode of Katie Hawkins Pod, and um, I'm driving in my car, and I was like, hey, I'm going to listen to this podcast, and it happens to be the Must Have Done Something Right one. And my first thought was, what could they possibly talk about for this long about this song? Um, so that was my first thought. Second thought is I had to pause it only because I got to the point where we were talking about the best thing, and you said there was no music video for the best thing. But there is a music video for the best thing because I was in it. And I remember it. And it's possible you correct it later in the episode, but I haven't gotten there yet. Well, you know what? I hate it when these callers call up and they don't even finish. Don't you hate it? Don't you hate it? when? What are you making that face for? You look all excited. I'm totally annoyed when listeners, (laughs) you're making this face like you're all excited. What's your problem? (laughs) Yeah, so John Schneck. From Reliant K, Jessica's like, yay. She, she's literally speechless. Well, you knew ahead of time. I told you it happened. Let's just put all our cards on the table. But I did I not play listen. them for you. Yeah, Danny told me this. Like, I think she was having a glum day. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, I got something to tell you. <laughs> and I was like, shut up. <laughs> and as I always have to do when really exciting out of the blue stuff happens i had to be like this isn't a joke i'm not making yeah. this up i'm not lying because i do that all the time um but yeah he, yeah we figured out in the same episode that the best thing does have a this is music not video. like when bill clinton called or um uh, the the great great grandson of the guy who wrote jingle bells or right. whatever it was. right <laughs> this is the real john schneck who called and I've hinted at it before, but he's like, you know, because he's like the most active on social media. So he followed the podcast from pretty early on. And I sent him the DM last week asking, what do you call your instrument on stage? And it was a glockenspiel. There's another voicemail and we're going to play it anyway. But he tells us it's the glockenspiel. So more confirmation on that. But here's the rest. So of- you didn't have to question it like you did last week. <laughs> no. <laughs> Firsthand information. But here's the rest of this voicemail. Um. But I just wanted to clear that up, that there is actually a The Best Thing uh, music video, because I remember doing it. Uh, that's all. Uh, I'm going to go back to listening to the episode now, and I hope you have a good day. Congratulations on 10 years. Bye-bye. So he congratulate us on 10 years. We're oh still gosh. talking about the anniversary after three weeks. So, yes, there is a Best Thing video. We figured out that it's not on YouTube. Oh, and we didn't we didn't explain this, but it's, like, on other video sites. So it must be, like, something where... Because this has happened to MXPX. Like, the Chick Magnet music video isn't on YouTube, and I'm Okay, You're Okay recently was blocked on YouTube because, like, the actual copyright holders, like, the publishers, the, the like, the conglomerate that owns the company that owns the publisher or whatever, mm-hmm. just, like blanket puts up things to block their copyright copyright yeah, material how weird that must have done something right wouldn't have gotten taken down though because it's the same album right i i don't know i mean it, 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, sometimes, like, these corporations that own these copyrights, they do a blanket, like, block everything with this copyright, and sometimes they it ends up affecting their own material. I remember when the movie... Pic- I heard about that when the movie Pixels came out, that they were trying to do... I just, <laughs> just, just explaining, like, Pixels, like, took down a bunch of their own trailers. <laughs> so this is the... So I'm sure it's even more confusing... For a, for, when you, for a movie corporation, sorry, for a music corporation, because there's so many songs and so many music videos that they own, they yeah. don't have, they block their own stuff basically. So the best thing, music video, must be blocked on YouTube because we did find it on other secondary video sites later on, and we'll talk about that some other time. But here's another email, another voicemail. It's hot. Another voicemail <laughs> from John. Uh, about the glockenspiel and xylophone contra- controversy. Hey, what's up? It's uh, it's John again. Uh, I'm at about 41 minutes, and you guys are talking about the vibraphone versus uh, the xylophone. Um, so Matt in that Capitol Records studio video played the vibraphone. Um, and I think he played it. I don't remember what song it was. I'm trying to think. Would it have been uh, Faking My Own Suicide? Maybe. Right? Because we already talked about that song. Yeah. And I think we talked about the vibraphones in that episode. Did we play it on Fake... Did we do Faking My Own Suicide on that? See? There we go. <laughs> he called us before he heard the, that we corrected the best thing thing. And I paused him before yep. I saw he corrected that. <laughs> he played the vibraphone on that vibraphone it's huge it's like on a uh, it's like waist high uh anyway but the thing that i play is called a glockenspiel so people always called it the, the xylophone or something but it's actually called a glockenspiel so we would all, always refer to it as uh the glock um i hope that helps anyway i'm enjoying um this so far so i'm going to go back to listening to it sorry too I just want to say I really love Collapsible Lung. I think it's a really great record. <laughs> right. So this is the thing. And I think in the Mountaintop episode, when we talked about the DM that I sent asking him about the xylophone glockenspiel, we even made a comment. It's like, ah, oh, you know, John Schneck's not listening. We record that episode. Before it comes out, we get these voicemails confirming that he has at least listened to this episode, to the previous episode. So... um and here's the last voicemail. This is another minute and 30 seconds. And this one, I haven't... I told you a little bit about those other voicemails. He, I didn't tell you anything about this one. Here you go. Hey, guys. It's uh, it's John again. This is the last time I'm going to call. But um, this... I finally finished the episode. I had to take a little break. Um, but I came back to it, and I finished it. And uh, it was awesome. I really really enjoyed it uh it was super nostalgic for me um there were so many things that you guys brought up that i had forgotten about or i mean even the fact that you mentioned uh britney i think was her name uh she was like a huge like real nk fan and it's funny that you mentioned happened to mention her in that um in that youtube comment that was the that radio station with Grandma's Kitchen Chairs, yeah, right? Yeah. Apparently, that person who we didn't know who she was replying to because YouTube had broken off the replies, right. 
and she had those weird comments like, no, Matt yeah. Thiessen needs to shut up and learn or whatever. Right. <laughs> she didn't really say that. But they were like these aggressive replies right. she had that we were like, we don't know what she's talking, what she's, who she's talking to. Right. So apparently that was like a fan that the whole band knew. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, but there are so many things I've forgotten about that I went back and uh, watched on YouTube real quick just for a, a quick trip down memory lane. The rock the boat thing, uh, Conan, um, the Apple store in San Francisco. My goodness. Uh, anyway, but that was super fun. Uh, you guys are really, really good at, uh, podcasting. So, um, I really enjoyed it. It was thoroughly entertaining for me and I'm sure it would be for any Reliant K fan. So yeah, thanks for doing this. Uh, I'll check out some more and, uh, hope you guys are well. All right. See you. Bye. Sadie Hawkins pod, the officially endorsed <laughs> podcast of every Reliant K fan. It's not officially endorsed. I'm not going crazy, but that was super amazing. That that's like it made makes the whole thing feel great that we're doing yeah, it. it. Just yeah. feels good. Yeah, I'm like so embarrassed. I'm listening back to all the episodes in my head. I'm like, what what have we said? Are we really cringy? I don't know. I have to imagine they're aware of just the number one thing Jessica was afraid of is the collapse of a lung. Her collapse I told of a lung you it's opinions. a great album, Dan. Absolute favorite. I they have to be aware of that in general. So you know, I, our fans on Twitter, our listeners. I hate saying the word fans because we're just doing this. For fun, basically, but our listeners on you on Twitter, they I just can't get my brain working tonight. They have admitted, you know, everyone's go, everyone goes back and forth. The collapse of belong. I mean, everyone is either likes collapse of belong or hates it. So lots, there's lots. Don't feel bad. Is my point. Yeah. <laughs> now this is going to temper everything we say from now on. So let's talk about yet another one of the greatest Reliant K songs. That's all Reliant K songs are. So aggressive. Uh, yeah, so that was great. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much. Um, I don't know what else to say except that I'm super embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> In a good way. In a good way. So uh, I so hate consequences. Um, now, Jessica, would you say that the consequences of you having bad mouth collapse of <laughs> No, I'm not going back to that. I'm just kidding. Um, this is a great song. I so hate consequences. I don't have my notes up. So if you want to go ahead and give your thoughts while I do that. Well, something that I, I hadn't realized before until this week, I watched um, back to the Hard Rock Live from Orlando video from right. 2005, which yeah, you we, were at. I was at. And that was my first ever Reliant K show that Schneck and Warren were already in the band and touring at that time when I saw them live the first time, which I didn't completely realize. It didn't click in my head. So I guess you never saw Brian Pittman. No, because he left the band at Bleach's farewell show, August 29th, 2004. Oh, okay. See, my memory, and if we have people who haven't been listening for long or whatever, just to sum up again... I was listening to Reliant K from, like, the year 2001, apparently. I thought it was 2000, but I recently was able to do the math, and I figured out my first show was the summer of 2000. So that was, like, Dave and Brian in the band. Mm -hmm. And then I saw them, like, multiple times a year for the next, basically, five years, right? Like it was, and it wasn't until 2005 that I slowed down on that. So I saw them in the first three albums, 
consistently, like all the time. And I would constantly talk to them because they were still the a size of a band enough to like come out and talk to everyone after the show and they would remember my name and stuff. And then it was right around the time after Mm-hmm came out, I still had relatively easy access to talk to them at every show. They would still come around. But then one day Brian was just gone. Mm. And in my mind, I didn't really pay attention to who is the new people. So mm-hmm. I probably, so I have had, I've had, num- I had a number of conversations in those first four, four and a half years with the original four members, not counting Steven, the original four members of Reliant K. But I don't think I had any like considerable similar conversations with Schneck or Warren after they joined the band. They would still walk mm-hmm. around, walk around the small venues after the, those shows but they were like new guys and I didn't know really what to say to them and I didn't actually know their names because they were new to the band because Five Score hadn't even come out yet right so I wasn't didn't know who they were so I didn't really have a ton to say to them I remember my friend Johnny went up to Hoops he said hey isn't your new bass player the guy from Ace Troubleshooter and he's like yes good eye <laughs> and I did not catch that because I'm yeah I didn't catch that but anyway my point was, I was still aware of the fact that the John's era, era of Reliant K begins between mm-hmm and Five Score. Right. Yeah. So this song is going to be on side B of the fan curated vinyl. Um, oh. It's sandwiched between Pressing On and High of 75, which is kind of funny because on mm-hmm, High of 75 uh, is the track before Consequences, oh. but they're playing it after. And it works both ways because high of 75 is upbeat and it gets your blood pumping and then you go into consequences and you keep jumping around. But the other way around, it's almost like a little story. Like he slowed down and put God in the driver's seat and now he's high with Sonny with the high of 75. (laughs) Okay, I I can definitely see how that works. Because, I mean, so this is a song that is undeniably about God, about Yes. Matt Thiessen's relationship with God. Yes. And there, especially when you get into mm-hmm and later, those those themes are become debatable. Like the first three albums are like undeniable, have songs that are undeniably about Matt Thiessen or, you know, the if it's a character, which I don't think it usually is. I think it's just Matt Thiessen most of the time. <laughs> right. Their relationship with God and spiritual things in their life. This song is like the transition time where... Mm-hmm has so many songs that are debatable mm-hmm. if they're actually religious songs or if they're about relationships or worldly things, quote unquote, I'm right. doing air quotes. But yeah, this one is like, it's like, I think we both agree. It is absolutely about his relationship with God and Christ. 100%. But you could secularize the idea of the song and just make it about like someone who doesn't want to fess up to something they did wrong to a friend or a family member. Right. It's like the opposite of what we normally get. Whereas a song like, uh, faking my own suicide is absolutely not about God. (laughs) And then people try to ham fist a religious allegory into that. And we're like, don't do that because it it literally sounds awful. (laughs) If you say Jesus was faking his own suicide, it ruins the entire concept of Christianity to say it that way. Yeah, this is like relatable Reliant K right here. These lyrics uh, just 
to me cut so deep and they're words that hit me harder every time I hear it. This sort of comes back to a theme in some of Reliant K's music that I've unlocked, which is theatrical T-Sin. Right. I haven't talked about in a while. Yeah. But there's certain Reliant K songs that have a sort of Broadway feel. Not a feel, because they don't, because Broadway is like, you know what I mean? It's not a feel. There's like a bones or like a concept or like an idea that this music is theatrical. And I don't mean cinematic, because cinematic music is like dramatic right. tones right. and stuff. Like that's what people think of when they say music is cinematic. I think of a song like this and a song like Apathetic as very theatrical. Like you can almost see them in like, you could hear them in a modern musical. And there's like all of these emotional transitions in this song that are like, they feel like someone actually like going through a scene, like the way he's like running and he's turning around and dealing with something. And that really dramatic outro part where it's like, it's just the piano. It feels like a musical to me. You know what I mean? That's what this song kind of feels like. Yeah, that that turning point in this song is so beautiful. That contrast after um, all of my escapes have been exhausted. I thought I had a way, but then I lost it. And my resistance was once much stronger. I know I can't go on like this much longer into that breakdown. And then when I got tired of running from you, I stopped right there to catch my breath. Your words, they caught my ears. You said, I miss you, son. Come home. Yeah. The piano and the strings kick in, and it's it's such a seamless and yet like stark contrast from the rest of what is a really heavy song, mm-hmm. and it's just so brilliant. You can feel the shift both lyrically and musically. That turning point where the narrator gives up this frantic running and just gives in and gives it all up to God is just so good. Right? Yeah, it's, this is a great like story song. Yeah. Without being too specific. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because there are story songs like Deathbed or Runnin' that are, like, very specific. Like, they put the story in your head. But then mm-hmm. there's something like this that is, like, it's it's very clear. There's very clearly a narrative. But you can bring your own thing to it. And you can see it the way that you want. Like, you can cast the character. Like, you can't... Like, the, the, the character in Deathbed brings to mind a very specific mm-hmm. image that everyone might have a slightly different version of it, but mostly right. it's there's there's a there's a very clear like casting description for that character. Right. But this can be anyone in this story. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what makes it so theatrical to me. So I have a question. So that's that's deeper conversation about the song and maybe we can get back to that. But I have something to ask you. Lowercase so or uppercase so <laughs> Because as far as I can tell, everywhere out there, it's a lowercase so. It's oh. always a lowercase so. Huh. It's that, it's that way on Spotify. I think I've always seen it as lowercase so. I mean, when people type it out, for instance, I'm on the Genius page right now, and it's an uppercase so. But uh, I wonder what would happen if I go to Discogs. I mean, I go uppercase because in a title... It's always uh-huh. uppercase. Right. The beginning of new wor- a new word is always uppercase. I know, but there's so many places where it's a lowercase so. Huh. And unfortunately, the box art... Box art, it's so, not a video sometimes game. Sometimes it's different, though. If you, use, if you say of, 
Like if right. of is written, that's right. usually like lowercase. Right, like articles can be yeah. lowercase. Of and the can be lowercase. But so. I wouldn't think so is, a, is an article. But yeah, it doesn't help the CD booklet or the back of the CD because it is all, it's like these, you know, it's the weird construction-y blocky letters. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help. We have our vinyl copy and I was like, wait, isn't there like a piece of paper in here with like credits and lyrics? And Jessica's like, no, I don't think that's ever been in there. I'm like, were we ripped off? Did someone steal the liner notes from our mm-hmm vinyl? <laughs> yeah, there's no insert in there. So that didn't help. Um, I'm still trying to go to uh, Discogs. Now, luckily, the album mm-hmm is not any of the letters that my computer doesn't want to accept anymore. <laughs> We did talk about that you, in this You only version. need two letters, so. Yeah. On Discogs, it's capitalized. But mm. I'm telling you, on Spotify, it's lowercase so. And other places, I've seen it lowercase so. It is capitalized on Apple Music. Okay, well, then it's just Spotify. Just Spotify doesn't know what they're doing, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. I think I've seen it both ways, though. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. Yeah. I've seen it lowercase so in other places. Yeah. But... What if it, what if the title meant I so hate consequences like S E W like if you so hate there's consequences that would be very reliant K to to do it that way <laughs> especially because it's not like so hate and there's consequences it's so hate consequences you get what I'm saying I get it and why does it you, you should posit- go on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Why does Reliant K, a band who are so positive, have three different songs with the word hate in the title? Good question, it's a good Danny. Question. It's yeah. a good question. I so hate consequences. Who I am hates who I've been, and I hate Christmas parties. There's a lot of hate. It's like they're a, it's like they're a hardcore band. <laughs> it's like they're real big fish. They have these really <laughs> happy, fun like music. And Your then guts, I hate them. You're like, oh wait. Because, like I said before. People mix up the song titles, the two song titles. I hate consequences and uh, the other thing. <laughs> who I am hates who I've who been. Who I am hates who I've been. Um, someone on Twitter did say, and let me find this. I'm looking for it. Jessica, vamp while I look. Okay, I found it. So <laughs> you can see my socks. Said, we really need to talk about how Reliant K got away with naming a song, I So Hate Consequences. That's, ellipsis, real bad, easily their worst song title, and it's on their most important album ever. Hmm. So, I can kind of get, I mean, it's not really, it's, it is a, I guess it's a strange sentence. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, just like a thought that might make sense in the moment and sounds poetic, but the more you think about it, the more you mull it over in your mind, maybe it starts to fall apart. I so hate consequences. I so hate consequences. That's the other thing is maybe it's just like, I so hate consequences. It's all a matter of what inflection you put into it. Yep. (laughs) And again, it could be, I so hate consequences. Exactly. Um, Heavy Dave Douglas vocals on this track where he and Matt sing every other line um, on the verse and the bridge. Right. Which is super cool and very unique to this song. I kind of never really realized that, at least about the album. Yeah. I never realized that's Dave Douglas singing every other line. I didn't either until I started watching live versions. Yes. And th- what something that happened was I, I didn't realize that. And in... 
2014, there was a 10-year anniversary new music video. There had never been a music video to this song before. But from the mm-hmm 10-year anniversary tour, oh. they did it was a lyric video. Oh, okay. It was the lyric video, but it's if, if there's more shot to it. Sometimes if a lyric sometimes people will call it sometimes they'll call it a lyric video, mm-hmm. but if there's actually a little bit of production, like if you took the lyrics away off the screen, mm-hmm. it's a new music video. Right. Because it's like the actual it's like concert footage from the 2014 tour. I guess it's from the 2014 tour with the lyrics on the screen. So to me, it's a music video that happens to have lyrics. And it showed Dave Douglas singing. And that's the first time it really clicked in my head that that's Dave Douglas singing. So then I was like, well, wait, what happened when Dave left the band? So I searched and searched and searched to try to find like a, he would have left in a 20, he would have left in 2008. Yeah, 07 or 08. 07 or 08. I tried so hard to find footage of this song played with Ethan on drums because Ethan wasn't a vocalist mm-hmm. or Ethan is a vocalist. I think they sort of semi-retired I, it after that. So did he just sing it straight ahead himself? Or I wanted to see if one of the Johns did that part because they yeah. could have, but I could not find a video. Now, I, I mean, I found, and by the time I found more song, more versions live, like 2014 and after... Dave's back in the band. <laughs> right. My In my deep dive, I found at least one article where it said that they kind of just uh, retired the song. Oh, okay. After when Ethan that. was in the When Ethan was in the band, they just didn't do it? Right. Okay, then that makes I don't sense. know if that's true or accurate or not, but I did... That is something that I well, came across. Well, if they played it once or twice in that, like, four or five years, then the odds of that song getting captured on footage Mm -hmm. and uploaded to youtube becomes so much less you know what i mean um yeah because very hardcore it's like a hardcore you you, what songs is that you don't like there's a song on here that you said you skip it's the is it um the only thing worse than is that is there's like a heavy song yeah it's the next one right hold on opinions are committed to being right or wrong we are relying K fans, even though we don't know the names of songs. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on one, right? You said that's a skip song for you because it's yeah. like too punk and too hardcore <laughs> for relying K for you, right? But this song is also pretty hardcore, yeah, for relying K. Yeah, it is, but I don't know. This song is just... It's all those... I guess it's all those transitions. Sorry, I'm putting words in your mouth, but <laughs> all those emotional transitions in the song, maybe, right? Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, the music's just so great in, yeah. in this, you know. And I like heavier stuff sometimes. Yeah. It just depends. But, I, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not, you like heavy music, but for some reason, it's just funny that the next song is also kind of like a heavy punk song. And this one is, too, although this one has those transitions. It has more to it. There's all this melody and emotion in this song. Um, that is great. <laughs> so... You want to talk about the lyrics a little bit? Sure. Because I waited for the last, actually the last two weeks, since we knew we were doing this song this week. There is a lyric in this song that I have never, 
ever been able to like suss out like oh i wonder if it's gonna be the same one i, I was okay. never able to and i decided out. to figure it out here live <laughs> on the air i i purposely like i went i listened to the acoustic version i listened to the covers i think i almost got it with some of the covers but i was like no 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 no, i don't want to hear it i want to do this live on the show okay i was like i either want to hear it figure out this lyric that i can't he says it so quickly i can't tell what he's saying i want to figure it out from what he says or i want to look it up live on the show it is every trace of my... Is that it yep, for you? Yep, I have to look up... Uh, so do you know what I always thought it was? What? I never traced an anonymous call. <laughs> that was my misheard lyric. <laughs> but they're from the Midwest, so it sounded like yeah. anonymous or something. I thought that's funny. I thought maybe he was saying every trace of my mind is gone. Did you look it up already? Oh, I know what it is, yeah. You looked it up since then, okay. No, I have not looked it up. Don't tell me. Because I, I, I was like, he was like, every trace of my mind is gone. Or every trace of my memory is gone. Or then, in context of nowadays, I was like, every trace of my meme is gone. <laughs> I could not figure out what he's saying. So I'm going to look it up right now. So I did come across um, a, another misheard lyric site. This sentence, though, is mm-hmm. not on there. Oh. And I was like, it was, I can't remember what the statement was, but it was like people thought they said hat and like other stuff. And I was like, uh-huh. this is silly. And I didn't bookmark it. That's ridiculous. Because for literally years, and these are the sort of things because I'm not a big lyrics guy, if there's a word I can't quite get, I don't really worry about it. It doesn't bother me. But now that we're doing this podcast and now that we think more about these things, now these sort of things really bother me. So let me look it up. Except again, my keyboard doesn't really work. And a number of letters in the word trace are in that top row. I got it. Here you go. Oh, I got it at the same time that Jessica got it for me. I want the one off of your phone instead. (laughs) Every trace of my mo- every trace of momentum is gone. I could not figure out that's what he was saying forever. <laughs> yeah. Here, let's drop it in right now. I don't. I can't now. I'm sure I can hear it now. Yeah. But it's like I'll hear it from now on. Every trace of momentum is gone. All right. Let's hear the. Let me read this verse. It just now hit me this is more than just a setback. And when you spelled it out, well, I guess I didn't get that. And every trace of momentum is gone. And this isn't turning out the way I want. The only word I could not figure out in there was momentum. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like we came up with this in a previous song. Genius capitalizes the pronouns. Like, make it as obvious as possible this song's about God. Mm -hmm. So when it says, and when you spelled it out, you is capitalized. Yeah, these are great lyrics. Overall, um, one thing I kind of never thought about until we were getting ready to, until I was thinking of this song more critically, is the opening part, the opening lyrics of the song, and I'm good, good, good to go. It's so like rousing mm-hmm. and like gets your blood going. Yeah. It's like such a like, a, such a lyric that you want to be like up in the front row with like, with your fingers pointing up at the band and going, good, good, good to go. It's like such a rocking way to start the song. But when you really look at it, saying I'm good, good, good to go really doesn't fit 
the other words. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's good, good, good to go. That doesn't really mean... Because then he talks about wanting to run away from his problems. Mm-hmm. And then eventually realizing he can't and coming back and accepting them and all that stuff. The saying, I'm good, good, good to go, doesn't really... It was like, was he packing it? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't seem to work to the overall theme i think it's just right like a, is he is he good to go to get in his car and drive as fast <laughs> yeah, as he can exactly again? And, or I'm, is he good 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 to go back into the arms of the lord right i just i mean you can twist it to that but i feel like the the sort of like raucous part of the song of good 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 to go is just is just some cool lyrics that get your blood going <laughs> and get you in the pit and stuff, but they don't really fit the overall song. But they're presented in such a way, and it does get you into it so much that you don't think it's almost like magic. Like it's it's like so distracting and so get you going so much that you don't really think about how those words don't really match the rest of the. Yeah, of you the hear "I'm good, good, good to go," and you know exactly what song is coming on. Yeah, I guess it's like those lyrics match the tone of the music, mm-hmm. but they don't really match the tone of the lyrics. Because the tone of the lyrics is something totally separate from the music in a way, but where they're kind of melded together. Again, like magic, like they're distracting you to this point of like, you have this very somber, rather depressing, if you look at it a certain way, lyrical theme with this very rockin', like blood boiling, awesome, It's great song. because it captures that feeling of just like running and how you're just like running and it's hectic and then yeah. it does that slow down and it's like... This is it. You're just taking that breath that you needed to take. Yeah. This is a great ministry song. I love Reliant K, but some of their more spiritual songs can be like a little on the heavy handed side or occasionally a tiny bit. I don't want to say misguided, but like cringy, <laughs> like early. Some of the early songs can be a, li- a little bit cringy, but this song isn't overbearing. I mean, some some people may see it that way um i i just think i think it's a really good message uh you know no one likes consequences and making the same mistakes over and over and trying to avoid any repercussion for that because you get complacent and kind of comfortable in that way of life you know and it's it's human nature but eventually it gets exhausting and you know deep down that something's got to give and you need to slow down and face the music Right. And when you give it all to God, who you've been avoiding because you know that you've let him down, like when you're a kid and you accidentally break something playing ball in the house, and even though mom and dad told you a hundred times not to, and you know they're going to take your Super Nintendo away for the week, God's not going to take your Super Nintendo away for the week. (laughs) He's he's going to welcome you with open arms. You spilled the apple juice in the hall. (laughs) (laughs) And, And... You'll just you'll just realize that you've been running for no good reason, and except you know maybe your own control, right? And I just think that's such a great message, and and one that I know I need to be like reminded of all the time, right? There's something, however, in this song when I look at it through the context of just my personal life today, at my age, like married and living on, you know, living as an adult with my own home. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, what do you do that was so bad? <laughs> you know, like, I can't wrap my head around, like, beating myself up about 
stuff like that. Like there are, I mean, when you when I look at it, like it'd be things like, you know, if I got in a fight with you and I said something really hurtful that I shouldn't have said or something like that. Like that would be mm-hmm. something I would hate myself for having done. But and I wouldn't want to face the consequences of that. However, you're a super forgiving and kind and nice person. So like, and you know that I don't wouldn't really mean to hurt you. So it's like, there's a lot of forgiveness in my life right now. You know what I mean? Overall, mm-hmm. like the, the in my life, like there aren't a lot of people. I guess when you're in school and like there's more criticism for your day to day life, where your parents have tell you there's more rules in your home. When there's less rules in my life. I have a harder time being like, what's, what do you do that was so wrong? You're just really lucky because like, I'll get mad. You'll do something and I'll get mad. And then I will just forget about it. Like two hours later, (laughs) (laughs) you just luck out. (laughs) Right. But like, I was just, it's, I was trying to get back. Anybody, you can, you can perceive that as like anything, even, you know, from the smallest things to the biggest things. It doesn't, I, you know, the, you, you know, the, the mistakes don't have to be big. They could be small. Everybody, you know, perceives different yeah. mistakes in different ways. Right. And it's all in the context of where, you know, your life and who who is who's involved in it and what was expected of you or what did you expect of yourself. Like, I totally understand that. I'm not saying I'm beyond comprehension of the lyric. I'm just saying in my personal life where I feel like there aren't a lot of people criticizing and judging me. And if there are, then I feel like they don't, their criticism doesn't matter. It makes my view of this song, like, it doesn't hurt my view of this song. I completely understand it. I remember those times from my life where teachers and my parents had more rules. And, like, if I broke those rules, there were consequences. I remember all that. I'm just saying, like, there's a, there's a, there's a view of it now. There's a lens from which I review this song again. And I'm like, hey, stop beating yourself up. It's cool. without you could even and you kind of do that i'm a person who i like take everything on and i i judge myself very harshly so you could even just look at this as being like someone who's just judging themselves really harshly and they know that they need to change right because they're unhappy with where they're at in life and who they are and you know what they're doing at present and they know they need to be better yeah. And it's about that realization of getting to that point when you're just so exhausted and you can't continue on the path that you're down that you know you just need it. You need a change. Right. I guess it's one thing to say, like, it's all about sin, right? Like, it's all about sin or you're doing something wrong or you're disappointing people in your life. But you could also look at this song as, like, you yourself are stuck in a pattern that you don't want to be in personally. Yeah, that's right? that's yeah. kind of what it that's how it always not that that's what the song means, but that's just how it feels to me. Like that's how I like to read it. Not how not necessarily what it means, but just how I like to perceive it. Right. Yeah, and it could be something as innocuous as like you're not doing enough. You know you could be doing more in your life. You could be less lazy. Exactly. You could be there for people more or something like that and you feel like you're falling short of those things that you personally want to do whether it's quote-unquote sin or not, like, that could also be something that's a consequence. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not living to what you know is your full potential. But I am. <laughs> I, I'm living my full... I'm living full Danny. I don't know about that. I'm just saying that. Easy words to say. I don't know if it's true. 
I, I read a lot of these reviews every week where it feels like every album they talk about how much more Reliant K has matured since the previous album. Right. And we laugh it off. But mm-hmm, I feel is the most maturing they've done between two albums. Right. Um, and it's songs like this one that I would point to to support that claim. No, I completely agree. Yeah. I think the first three albums, Reliant K, is one thing. And then I think everything after that. Well, I think then the next three albums are something else. And right. Collapsible Long is something else. You know, we talk about the trilogies a lot. Mm-hmm. Of, like, albums, how everyone looks at the first three albums, the first three gears, right? And then we, and then people somehow see, certain fans, we see it online, see Mm Mm-hmm and Five Score as, like, some sort of duology. But then they see Forget, Collapsible Lung, and Air for Free as this trilogy. I don't agree. I'm starting, and I was like, well, people see it that way. People make playlists about it. I'm starting to possibly see, especially after we did Mountaintop last week, how really, even more than ever, I feel like mm-hmm, Five Score and Forget are a trilogy. Absolutely. Of, like, each built on something. And it's almost like... That's why I don't understand why people just say that mm-hmm, Five Score are their own thing. And I don't get why they lump Forget with collapsible with lung. collapsible lung because i'm starting because like hopefully and even air for free really like right. I, it's well, just i'm really i'm 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 really excited to someday hopefully hear the next album after air for free i mean it's slow going with like the twitter coming back for the new album and like some people being afraid that they're this means they're breaking up but like no they're they're dropping little hints that you know they're working on new stuff you know like there's not much to be known but the, the the tweet the Twitter the official Twitter wouldn't even entertain people's questions about new tours or new shows if that wasn't a possibility in the cards. And we know that because John Schneck shared on Twitter how he had met with Tyson recently, and there's nothing absolutely promised, but that is like something that happened, and who knows what's going to come of that. So it's like, hopefully, if there's a new album. I'm seeing more of a connection between... Because after we talked about Mountaintop, I'm seeing more of a connection in my head between Collapsible Lung and Air for Free. Mm -hmm. I know Collapsible Lung is this thing that like you and other fans, and me, if I'm being honest, but I'm less critical of it overall than you. Collapsible Lung is this like bigger pop thing, this bigger sensibility, like all these other writers. But I'm seeing more connections when you take a song like Air for Free and a song like... uh, so there's yeah so you got air for free empty house mountaintop those songs could be really good songs on collapsible lung you know what i mean i you could take those songs and put them on collapsible lung so i see those two albums as the duology now i want to the trilogy in my mind to be mm-hmm, five score forget not slow down because i see the transition between those and oh, then yeah. i see basically like they turned a complete sick now complete nine, 90 degrees and went down collapsible lung road instead yeah, because... Uh, and that led them to air for free. Yeah, they were categorized, and I don't feel completely correctly, as pop punk during the first three albums. Right. And I don't really agree with that. Right. I feel like, mm-hmm, is pop punk. That okay. is a pop punk yeah. album. But I definitely don't see... I, I think that the first three albums are kind of just their own fun rock kind of thing. Like it's they're they're fun, they're quirky, they're their own thing, and then you get into mm-hmm, and then it, that is clearly a pop punk album. Right. Okay. It sounds like yeah. the other pop punk of its day. Right. Like they almost got tired of everyone calling them pop punk. And they're like, fine, we'll do a pop yeah. punk. 
And they stay in that sort of like pop punk rock, you know, getting back a little bit more to like rock roots sort of as they go through Forget and Not Slow Down, which is why I just don't get why you would put Forget and Not Slow Down in with With two very pop albums. Yeah. Yeah, because Air for Free is a pop album. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, but it's it's a it's a fully Matt Thiessen, yeah, Reliant it's a, K. It's a fun hipstery pop album, but it's still pop. Whereas it's Collapsible got rock Long is this other thing right? with all these other people. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm hoping that that, I'm, I really hope that the next album builds off of Air for Free. Like, I'm sure a lot of people want them to go back to mm-hmm and, and like do another pop rock, pop punk album. But I want the next obvious transition from Air for Free because then we mm-hmm. have the perfect nine albums. <laughs> yeah, we have the perfect like n- set of nine saga. Just like, like take Star that Wars. Star Wars. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, like we had, we had a little rough start in the last trilogy with Collapsible Long. <laughs> it's kind of in a way like the... <laughs> Like how Last Jedi or the last movie, either of those two movies. Oh, don't you dare say that that, uh, that Air for Free is the last Jedi. No, I'm saying Collapsible Lung is the last Jedi. Yes. <laughs> I mean, no, Collapsible Lung, great album. Love that album. And obviously that means you love The Last Jedi. So moving on, Jess, do you have any deep dive? For this song. I do. So not actually a lot of deep dive, which was a huge bummer because, again, I'm like, I feel like this is a song I saw all over MySpace. And people totally had those great HTML-filled MySpaces of, like, I so hate consequences and stuff. It's still, it's still, like, uh, that transition to a Tumblr, I guess, because I did have the Tumblr, like, search results pop up in my... Google uh, search uh-huh. and a lot of lyrics. There wasn't a lot to really point out there, just a lot of lyrics. But okay. this song is still very much loved, and the lyrics are getting reposted. And um, I did find a new lyric interpret, a new lyric site, uh, lyricinterpretations.com. Oh. Okay. With one interpretation submitted by Anonymous, submitted September 15th. The Anonymous? With <laughs> yes. their Guy Fox mask and everything? Uh, it was maybe because it was submitted September 15th, 2014. I think this song is about he does not like consequences and how he tries to avoid them until he finds Jesus, who would be the father figure he wished he always had. Well, I don't know how Mr. Teason feels about that statement, but. Um, well, I have more to say about that when we get into videos in general. Okay. I actually have something I can say about that. Um, and then there's there's a page worth of song meanings, uh, .com song meanings. Right. There's not a ton on Genius. There's just Because some... it, that's, you're, you're still, at 2004, yeah, it, you're in the days of song, song meanings. meanings. People haven't gone to, because yeah. I think Genius was actually rap genius at the time. Oh, Apparently wow. I found out that like... Genius started as specifically a rap lyric site and expanded into all lyrics. Interesting. So, Snesk, S-N-E-S-S-K, 15 years ago said, this song is awesome. And Billy <laughs> Clones, <laughs> Billy Clones CU said, see comment above. <laughs> Posting me too, like some brain dead AOLA. <laughs> 
Get it? Weird Al reference. <laughs> Andrew will like that. Yeah. Um, one said, this song is great. I can't wait for the album to come out. Oh. So this was a single. Oh, okay. Uh, Miss Lottie Dot said, this song is so catchy. Uh, Matt Thiessen's voice is so dreamy. That was actually me. <laughs> I knew it. Um, no Time for Agency said, and after all my alibis desert me, I just want to get by. I don't want nothing to hurt me. I had no idea where my head was at, but if my heart says I'm sorry, can we leave it at that? Because I just want for all of this to end. What does this part mean? Pretty good song, though. <laughs> okay. I feel like if we delved into that, we could run rapid pretty easily. Yep. Um, did you want to run it? Did you want to delve into that? Let's see if anybody responds. Can you to read him. it back slowly? Because there's a lot of lyrics in this song. And after all of my alibis desert me, I just want to get by. I don't want nothing to hurt me. Right. So after he couldn't deal with it by worming out of the situation. Exactly. He just wants everyone to leave him alone. I had no idea where my head was at. But if my heart says I'm sorry, can we leave it at that? Because I just want for all of this to end. So it's basically like when you're like, if I just say I'm sorry, can we forget it happened? Exactly. Yeah. It's not that hard. In, in, the, in the early 2000s, people had trouble with songs. That's why the, everyone everyone went from wondering what, are, what do songs mean to everyone became a genius. That's what happened. <laughs> exactly. Back in the early 2000s, people were like, song meanings? Um, take, taken Back New um, responded... He lied, and after he ran out of stories to tell, the truth caught up to him, and he knows he messed up. Oh, this song could go along with the truth. Sometimes the hardest thing to believe is the truth. Is the truth the one that's, like, about Narnia, and we were like, this is not about Narnia. Is that what it was? Oh, it might have been. I think it is. It might have been. I think it might yeah, be. Yeah, two weeks ago we talked about that and I couldn't figure it out. And I said, I'd look it up, but I tried and I couldn't figure it out. There was a song where they were like, he was like, this song's about Narnia. And we we're like, oh, it's going to be always Christmas, always winter, never Christmas. And he's like, this song's called The Truth. And it's it was his explanation at this like cornerstone footage or whatever was like, you have a spiritual um, experience and you go to your friends and you tell them how amazing it was and they don't really care or they don't believe you or they don't believe you really felt God. Like, you go to Narnia and you come home and you tell everyone, I went to a magical world with a giant talking lion and all this stuff and they don't believe you. And we're like, is that what that song's about? Because that's not how I inter- <laughs> well, I guess we'll do the truth someday, but that's right. not how I interpreted the truth. Uh, I had interpreted the truth as more like this about you want to tell someone the truth about a situation or you want to deal with problems and people don't believe you. Yeah. But we'll talk about the truth someday. (laughs) Well, I'll end on this. The Gray Walrus 15 years ago commented, I love this song and this CD is spectacular. It's physical proof that Reliant K has finally become the well-crafted musicians they should be. K rocks. Yeah. 
I guess it would have been physical proof back then. You could actually go into a store and buy it. And it's like this. <laughs> you walk into a record store, the <laughs> Tower Records, and just grab the CD off of the shelf and you shout in the middle of the store. This is physical proof that Reliant K are the greatest musicians now. They're like, sir, please leave. And the last thing I found is an article that is about the acoustic uh, spin on I So Hate Consequences Mm -hmm. from the Live at Capitol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So this is titled, From Society of Rock, Reliant K's acoustic spin on I So Hate Consequences is everything we ever wanted. Is this the Joker's website? He's like, Society of Rock. Mixing it up. Okay, moving on. Mixing it up in an attempt to change it up from their normal, fast paced Christian pop punk rock beats. Reliant K take it down a notch for this breathtaking acoustic version of I So Hate Consequences. Performing live from Capitol Studios, this incredibly talented band wows with a flawless five part harmony in the beginning of the song that will blow you away. We were hoping our fans were willing to grow up a bit with us. We took a bit of a chance with this record, honestly, Matt Thiessen. In 2005, Mm-hmm was certified gold by the RIAA for sales in excess of 500,000 units in the United States and has sold over 800,000 copies in the United States, with the mainstream hits being Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been, and of course, Be My Escape. Written by lead singer Matt, the track fits the usual theme of regret, although the last verse of the song is missing in this particular performance. Not only is it rare to see all artists in a group singing, but with harmonies like these, we honestly may not have seen this since the Eagles. Reliant K proves in... (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) Reliant Reliant K proves in this performance that not only are they talented, but perfectionists inside and outside of the studio. You know what's funny? When you said we hoped that our fans would grow up with us on this record... I had a memory of, and I realized that this might have been, and this is not Reliant K's fault, but this might have played into why I sort of fell back from being a hardcore Reliant K fan around 2006, 2007, around the time of Five Score, because I remember going to that um, House of Blues or House of Blues Orlando show with you mm-hmm. at Downtown Disney in 2007. The tour where they had the... We talked about in the past. The tour where they had the fake fire on the stage. Right. And where... I, it was the first time I saw them with Ethan Luck. And I didn't... I knew who Ethan Luck was. And I was like, oh, he must be filling in for Dave this tour. I had no idea he was the new permanent member of the band. I remember that night was the first time... And I was not old. I'm old now, <laughs> relatively <laughs> speaking. But I was still only like, what? 23? 22? But it's the first time I went to a Reliant K show where I felt like, oh... Everyone around me is a stupid little kid. <laughs> because oh. Five Score, I can't remember, I don't know if it was out yet, but Five Score became their biggest selling album. That's sort of, uh, and I'm not saying this about all Reliant K fans now. I'm not putting down our our, our audience. Dude, I'm just saying. Stop. I think we really have been connecting with the kids. So, like, just play it cool, man. Just no, play it no, cool. no. I'm saying Zoomers or whatever they're called now. You guys are awesome. But I'm talking about Zoomers. That's what that's what some people are calling the Z generation. I'm joking oh. when I use that word. The current generation, those kids, you kids are cool. I'm talking about the kid, the people just a little older than you, younger than me, but older than them. The 2007 high schoolers. 
being in that crowd and being like, um, you know that I'm only like one to two years removed from that. right? I know. <laughs> but being there and the thing that happened at that show was they were like, we wanted to play Surf Wax America acoustic for all of you and thought we'd all sing together like it's one big campfire with hundreds of people. But it's not working out that way because you people don't, you you dumb kids don't know what the Blue Album is. That's not how Relaying K put it, but that is how I felt about it. I was like, how do all these dumb 2007 high schoolers not know the Blue Album? And I feel like even though... And I was one of those kids... You like Weezer. I do, but I only knew the Green album. So my point was, for those first three, those first four albums, I felt like I was growing up with Reliant K. The way people right. grow up with Harry Potter, the way people <laughs> grow up with wrestling, and like it ages with them. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was growing up with them, but then basically something shifted. And I don't know if Reliant K wanted this or not, or if they planned it, or if they even would agree with me at the time or now, but something shifted in 2006, 2007, where their fan base suddenly paralleled to this other group of people who now knew who they were because they were so much bigger than they had ever been before. And these kids were younger and they were less aware of the, like, you know, not deep roots, but the roots of like the pop punk that had come before them, the pop rock that had come before them. As like, I'm out of touch with these kids. Like they're, they're getting into easy core and all of this garbage <laughs> later generation, later 2000s pop punk that I don't really like. Whatever. <laughs> Total tangent. But yeah, <laughs> live at Capitol Records. This is a great uh, performance. Um, I love the whole, I love the whole like laid back. It's like they're almost in like one of those pockets. You know what I'm talking about? Like this kind of rhythm pockets. Mm-hmm. Like they're not quite, they're like back a little bit. It's just kind of grooving yeah, at the time. Yeah. And then it's like, it's just something about like the, the they really rework the song. And it was, Tonight, I realized, oh, yeah, they did cut out a portion of the song for this version. I was, it was, I listened to them like back to back to back. Like, I listened mm-hmm. to the studio version and the Capitol and studio back to back, and I finally realized, oh, they totally reworked the song for the Capitol version. Also, this is the only ver, this is the only song from the Capitol Records performance that's available on a, on a record. It's on mm-hmm, 10. Oh, okay. The rest of the Capitol performance is just on the DVD, and you know you can look it up on YouTube or whatever. But they actually took the audio from this and they put it on mm-hmm Ten. Uh, but one thing I will say about having listened to this a bunch of times, and this goes back to something we, Andrew from Magnified Pod told us about a while ago. Last time we did Five Score, uh, I don't remember what song we talked about. Not last time we did Five Score, because last time we did Five Score it was. Must have done Must something, have done something right. right. For the time before that, he said how this version of Reliant K reminded him a lot of the band Brand New, who we didn't, we didn't delve into that a lot because oh, right, the lead right, singer of yeah. that, bad, that band is a bad man. Right. So <laughs> there's only so much I do want to say about this. But I was like, oh, when I listen to the... And you just got to take my word for it because I don't want to play any Brand New on the podcast. But when I listen to the Capital version of I So Hate Consequences... I'm like, oh, I do think Brand New was an influence now on Tyson at the mm-hmm. time, which makes total sense because Brand New was like that it band for a while, like the future of pop and not pop and punk rock overall. So I was like, I can kind of, I can hear there's a thing there without doing the comparison directly. 
Just take my word for it. <laughs> I don't hear it in the studio version as much, but just something about when they played it live at Capitol, like I hear the influence of he must have been listening to a lot of brand new at the time. Gotcha. Um, I've mentioned it before that I love this acoustic session, and it's my favorite version of some of these songs, um, with the exception of I So Hate Consequences, because you don't have... Uh, the harmonies are very beautiful, and that is really that is really nice. That's a really cool, uh, interesting aspect of that version of the song. But be it's just... There's something about it because you don't have that turning point. You don't have that heavy feeling of running that has your heart rate up to contrast with once you stop and now everything's calming and warm. Right. Everything's just calming. Right. All the way through. Um, But I do really like going from consequences into who I am hates who I've been. Uh, It's just it is a perfect pairing. Um, They could almost be the same song. It's they're very similar in sentiment. Yeah, they're good matchup songs. We talked about that before, where it's like sometimes there are songs by the same band. Mm-hmm. MXPX has one, has some and stuff where it's like two songs that are different songs, but they belong together like they're brother and sister songs. Um, we mentioned it before, but there was on Reliant, an official Reliant K 10th anniversary lyric video to this with concert footage from the 10th anniversary tour. And... The lyrics up on screen, Dave Douglas is back on drums, and he's actually singing. Now, they start with the studio version, but then suddenly towards the end, they cut to the real audio of the concert. I don't know what concert, if it even says. Directed by Nathan Henry, Relying K playing the hits 10 years later. That's all it says. But did you watch this whole lyric video before? I did not. I actually didn't watch the lyric video at all. Okay. Well, I'll show you a little bit of it before... So there's a little bit of the lyric video. And as it gets into the quiet section, they cut back. They cut to the actual audio from this performance that night. Still the studio version here, but you'll hear it in a second. There are people worshiping Mm -hmm. in 2014. Which is great that some people aren't bitter and and crusty like me and don't want to do that stuff. Here it is. Hey, wait a minute, pause it. I think that's me in the crowd. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you didn't go to this tour. No, we didn't even know about this tour. No, I was really were... bummed after. Yeah. We found out about it after it was too late. Yeah. But uh, that was very, that's very beautiful. It's it beautifully is, made. Yeah. And it's like a really well shot video. It's like I said, it's got Dave, it shows Dave singing his parts in the actual studio mm-hmm. version and then all of this audio from the concert that night in 2014. Everyone's probably like, this song takes me back to high school. It's 2014, and I graduated in 2004 or whatever, right? 2005? When did you graduate? 2005. Oh, you're so much younger than me. 
I should be arrested. So, um, Live at Capitol Records. I don't think we, we didn't actually play it, but let's play a little bit of Live at Capitol Records just to get what people... And do you like how it opens with the death and taxes thing? Yeah, I, th- th- I think you that's really like that? cool. I do like that. I'm not totally down with that. Oh. Like, I kept skipping it. <laughs> As I kept re-listening to it, the more I it's pretty. went back and forth. It is pretty, but yeah, no, I was just like, just get to the song. <laughs> I was just... I was just being like a little old and curmudgeonly, but <laughs> let's listen to a little bit of the. I should have done this before, but let's listen to a little bit of the Live at Capital version. So here I sit, looking at the traffic lights. The red extinguishes the hope, the green ignites. I wanna run away, wanna ditch my life. Cause all of my mistakes keep me awake at night. And after all of my alibis deserve me, I just wanna get by. Don't want nothing to hurt me I had no idea where my head was at If my heart says I'm sorry Can we leave it at that? Because I just want for all of this to end And I saw Hey, consequences Running from you is what my best defense is Schneck playing the glockenspiel So there was a glockenspiel and a vibraphone at Capitol Records it so sounds like brand new when I hear his vocals in this version. Except, you know, I'm now I'm thinking about this. I'm like, it's not super surprised. You don't know a lot about that band. But I don't it's know not, anything about that You don't that know band. anything about that band. It's not, you know, I realized there was kind of a nihilism in their music. Like, it wasn't, like, super overt. Mm-hmm. But there was just a general, like... They had some incel anthems. They were a little bit more aggressive than your typical, like, if you had your easy core incel anthem where it's just, like, the girl I likes won't like Are they pop punk? They're, they're like, You're yeah. telling me that a pop punk band had an incel song? But they were more, like, artsy and... <laughs> I know, I'm just saying. They were a little darker, more artsy than your typical pop punk band. But so, yeah. like, they're, like, the cure of pop punk. I... Or yes, the Smiths. So. I mean, you could you could absolutely describe the Smiths and uh, the Cure as nihilistic in some ways, but something about brand news in I, I meant I meant the like little bit. I crueler. just meant like dark and yeah. No, this is a little uh, you, I, I don't, yeah. This is a little darker than that. But Reliant K is so bright and happy. Yeah. So it's like you get that <laughs> that version of those vocals in this song, in this Capital song, uh, without that sense of that, that those whatever. So let's get into some crazy stuff, with uh, but we can stay with live performances of the band. I found this. This is just now, if you think this is a rocking song, check out this live version someone took on their phone. It is just pure chaos. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is. Their phone is really, really blurry. It is flying around everywhere. Yeah. And there's the audio arms is, all over. Yeah. There's people's arms, people's faces. Every streak of light mm-hmm. is dancing across the frame. Oh, It's oh. kind of beautiful. We, we panned up to maybe the ceiling. I'm not I sure. I think they dropped their phone for a second. Yeah. <laughs> this is like genuinely like almost like a piece of art. To it me. is. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the light trails with all the colors. Yeah. yeah like this is, is this vaporwave? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is not vaporwave, but... I see what you're it's doing there. It's so blown out, too. Yeah. And this isn't the only video like this I found. <laughs> Somehow, there's I, I call that pure chaos video. This is another pure chaos video. What year was that from? Oh, that is from... That's from 2007. And that's got 
Yeah, so that's got John and John. So like very, very, very early camera phones. July 2007, Six Flags Over Texas. Nice. (laughs) And this one, oh, I didn't say who uploaded that. That was uploaded by CSM12. This is uploaded by Unwinding Cable Car in March 2007. Ooh, this was at MySpace's secret show in Lancaster at the Chameleon. (laughs) So here's another like pure chaos smartphone video. Not smartphone, like flip phone video. Yeah. This one, the other one was yeah, in the back of the audience. Yeah, what am I talking about? There's like not even, yeah, it's like, it's not, there's not even smartphone cameras. It's just like, it's like your, your, um, your Razer phone taking yeah. footage. That last one I think was like a Razer type phone, but this one might be someone's actual camera. Like maybe they had a little video camera, but it still looks really bad. It's super blown out, really, <laughs> really shaky. <laughs> and then when the song kicks in, it's like a riot. <laughs> Something about those, especially in the mood I'm in right now. This video is my mood right now. (laughs) I just want to punch through walls with a big old smile on my face. But like, yeah, I'm punching down walls for love. Uh, And like I said, someone, I don't need to play it, but someone uploaded this and labeled it who I am hates who I've been. Someone else uploaded, now, someone else uploaded, wait, wait. They uploaded the song, Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been, but called it the song we're talking about today. Someone else uploaded Witch to Bury, Us or the Hatchet, and called it this song that we're talking about today. So all over the board, Relying K titles are confusing. And lastly, as we mentioned before, this show that Jessica was at. So let's look closely and for real, see if we can see you. I think you said you were on the balcony. Yeah. But this is uh, at the Hard Rock Live in Orlando. Yeah, because I was lame and I wanted a seat. I didn't want to stand through the whole show. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I had to get through Reliant K, Simple Plan, and Good Charlotte that night. I know. <laughs> it's a rocking show. Same. You guys have been completely amazing. So this is our very last song. Um, if you know it, sing it with everything you got because we need you. They showed the pit, and kids are really smashing each other. I guess you're right. This was like their heavy, like, punk album. I guess the production, you might not necessarily... It does sound like pop punk of the time, for sure. But, yeah, like, I don't know. I never really moshed. I moshed when I was 
you know, in the early 2000s, but I don't think I moshed to a Reliant K show. I definitely moshed to Five Art Frenzy, MXPX, but Reliant K, I just usually like to stand there and watch. These girls are so excited. It's like the Beatles. There's Dave singing. Yep. Yeah, this Shirtless sounds great. This, on the drums. Yeah, this has such energy. This is amazing. Yeah. And it's it's there's just little the like the edges are slight are not sanded off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially this like however this live performance was mixed like it's just raw and sounds great. It's really cool. Um, yeah. So that, those are the sort of more official videos, and we can get in the covers. Piano Dreamers are back. We haven't played them in a while. I've been skipping them. So here's a couple of seconds of their thing and i started to realize we talked about cover bots two weeks ago and all those horrible covers of must have done something right um but i'm like i'm starting to wonder if probably the piano dreamers and that thing are also basically a cover bot style company Mm. you know what i mean because they do upload the tracks multiple times with different cover art for Hmm. the same probably nefarious reasons as the cover bot companies I think I think the uh, the quintet the string the vitamin string quartet I think they might be a little bit more genuine in what they do I mean they do just cover as much as they can all the time and get as much music as they can out there streaming but I think I don't think that's just a nefarious cover bot company just creating music just to steal streaming get what I'm saying yep here's piano dreamers. <laughs> that's like wet it's not it's too peppy to be wedding music yeah <laughs> i can't quite tell what kind of piano you know what kind what what reason you would need that kind of piano music <laughs> here's something <laughs> this guy on soundcloud he just did the outro part but then he did something in here that i was like oh lame but this is so, <laughs> sorry i started that way but this is austin pratt on SoundCloud, and this is how he did it. He, it sounds fine, but then hear what he did. Well, he recorded on his i. He says he just recorded on his iPhone, so it starts out with this really awful room tone. When I got tired of running from you, I stopped right there to catch my breath. There you were. So this is sort of like a pop punk, like a single mm-hmm. guitar pop, more yeah. pop punky today version of the song. But here's what he did that I was like, oh. I said the words I knew you knew. Oh man, I guess I needed you. Oh man, I guess I needed you. Who is this, Skiba? Is he going around changing the religious ver- lyrics that Tom DeLonge wrote? That was, that was, sorry, that was like super lame. And I totally, I've, I've heard other Reliant K covers where people have sort of, unreli- you know, taken the religious references out of songs mm-hmm. that they liked. 
the more overt ones, the really more overt mm-hmm. ones. But this I found super lame because it's like people say, oh, God, oh, God, I needed you. They might not necessarily be talking about God. They might be saying, oh, God, I needed you. Person Maybe over there. He, he was like, I don't want to take the Lord's name in vain. He's that Christian. <laughs> Maybe. I say that Christian, but like I do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Austin Pratt is the only person I found who decided to take the oh, God, oh, God, I needed you part and change it to, oh, man, I guess I needed you. Do we have any Bobby Moon? No, we got to look up Bobby Moon. (laughs) We have not heard from Bobby Moon in a while. No, I'm sorry. And this feels like an album he would have covered. Yeah, I guess it's... His channel's not gone. I have looked at it here and there, but he's only got so many videos. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got less than 10 videos. Um... Here's what I wrote is sort of uh, Damien Gerardo slight kind of a style of the song. This is Cable Chapman. Well, I skipped a little <laughs> further down into the song and he's got more of the um, post dashboard vocal mm-hmm. thing. Maybe if I started from the beginning, I'd hear what I thought was more Damien Gerardo. And I'm good, good. It's more like the production. It's got that mm-hmm. mountainy sort of cabin. Yeah. You know, maybe it's more like like sort of Elliot Smith, Damien Gerardo, just sort of like and he switched some things up. Thing. So yeah. it's like it's like uh, it's like you always like he kind of made it his own. Yeah. Uh, I found a nightcore version, but they like it's all treble. <laughs> it's like the treble is way up and the bass is way down. Uh, I'm not going to play that right now. Um, there are a bunch of covers. Oh, there aren't a lot of like crazy things for this video, which we'll talk about in a second. But there weren't also as many covers as I expected. No full band covers. I didn't find any full band covers. All just like solo people on guitar. So have you ever heard of the band AJR? No. No. I've heard the name, but I have no idea who they are. I don't know any of their songs. Um, I guess they're just like a pop band. And I didn't bother looking into this song, but Grace Thomas and her sister or her friend together, they do this duet where they mash up the song Karma by AJR with I So Hate Consequences, uh, the two of them singing and piano. Cool. Uh, And again, I don't know this song. Maybe some people out there know Karma by AJR. Here it goes. I've been so good, I've been helpful and friendly. I've been so good, why am I feeling empty? I've been so good, I've been so good this year. Good, 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 good to go. I've been so good, but it's still getting harder. I've been so good, where the hell is the karma? I've been so good, I've been so good this year. Good, 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 good to go. So here I sit, looking at the traffic lights. The red extinguishes the hope that the green ignites. Wanna run away? Ditch my life because all of my mistakes keep me awake at night. Why are you asking me why? My days and nights are filled with disappointment. I saw it consequences. Fine. Oh no, everything's fine. 
So that's nice. I don't know the other song. That was that was so theatrical. That was theatrical. That was like that a sounds, musical. Yeah, that sounds like a black box theater yeah. theatrical thing with not a lot of sets and they're just up that there was singing. very pretty. Yeah, have to check out that actual song. Hope it turns out people don't hate AJR. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> I have no idea who they AJR. Uh, so let's now get into the goofy and weird stuff. This whole episode has been the goofy and weird stuff, and it's sitting across the table from me. That's not nice to say about April. She's just down there sleeping in her bed, having a great time. So, um, I hinted at this before that I had something to say about this. about, But the idea that this is like, someone interpreted the lyrics as being like a son to his father, not a Christian to God. Oh, right? right. You said that in, someone had an interpretation on that. This person on YouTube created a music video. It was that it was that that God was the father he didn't have. I oh, believe or something okay. along that's not the exact words. Then used, maybe but I, it was something along those lines. I sort of misinterpreted what you were reading at that moment. <laughs> you misinterpreted the interpretation. I misinterpreted that interpretation. But um Davy Films with almost 2000 subscribers. This has almost 40 almost 54,000 views created in 2006 so this is old youtube this is like original youtube created this short film uh music video of the song i so hate consequences set to basically the story of the prodigal son from the bible and i didn't oh, mention this in our lyrical discussion but I can absolutely see how you could interpret this song as about the prodigal son. Yeah. Because the prodigal son, and I kind of forgot the ins and outs of that story, but basically like a, a dad gives the, the inheritance to his children and one child uses it properly and the other goes off and gets like booze and prostitutes and stuff and then eventually comes back to the, his father and his father forgives him and there's no... He, the, the prodigal son returns and he forgives them. It's all, it's, you know, story about forgiveness and stuff. Um, this video is kind of funny. When is this it, from? It, when? 2006. Yeah. Oh, they don't even know yet. They'll be so excited when Reliant K releases, releases air for free. <laughs> and there's a song prodigal. prodigal. So, this... So the so it's a modern setting of the prodigal son. For some reason, it's all in like this weird slow motion. It's black and white. It looks like Clerks. I can't <laughs> tell if that's a dad or just like a brother. That's supposed to be a dad, right? Even though they do quite honestly look the same age. <laughs> it looks a little bit like. Look Steve how happy Carell. the guy is to get his check. <laughs> so he gave his two sons personal checks, and one is definitely way younger than the other. And one got up off the couch. He's like, yeah. Dad gave me my dad gave me a check. I'm out of here, losers. Right, because this is like set in modern day, and this the story. Oh no! And he starts. He gets behind the wheel of a car. He's drinking a beer, and then the whole movie from this point on for the next like minute and a half. I'm not exaggerating. It's like six times he gets pizzas delivered <laughs> to his door. So the the story of the prodigal son set in biblical times what you imagine in your mind as biblical times kind of makes sense right because it's like b it's like bc whatever year bc and you get a whole bunch of money for the first time you get your inheritance and you're like i'm sick of farming 
and shepherding and doing whatever it is we do in biblical times, whatever boring <laughs> stuff we do, I'm going to go out to the the city, which is like, a, you know, not a city that we have nowadays, and you get prostitutes and you get wine or whatever kind of alcohol. But here, set in a modern time, the guy just gets pizza and beer delivered to him all day long. He's like, I got all the money I'll ever need. Pizza and beer. And then he just keeps getting pizza. And he keeps getting beer. And the dad walks around looking so concerned and worried. I'm like, if you did a modern, like, set in modern times story of the prodigal son, he'd go off and he'd do, like, meth. And he'd get cry. And you know what I mean? Like, he'd actually hit rock bottom. He'd, like, gamble. Mm -hmm. And he'd, like, buy a car that he can't afford. And maybe he'd get in trouble with the mafia. And maybe he'd get beat up. And, like, maybe he'd get an STD or something. But all this guy does is spend all his money on beer and pizza again and again and again. Well, we all have our vices, Danny. We do. Just beer and pizza, beer and pizza, Miller Lite and whatever it is he drinks, whatever he's developed a taste for. And then he gets, because he spent all his money. All his money. He spent all his money on pizza, Henry Cavill here. Yeah, he he does look like Henry Cavill. In this time, he grew a beard. He gets a big old letter that says in big block letters, rent overdue. He looks inside his wallet and it's empty because he spent it all on pizza. So now he's homeless. He's like instantly homeless because his dad gave him money and he spent it all on pizza. (laughs) He goes to a trash can on the side of someone's house and he scoops with his hand. Like, he doesn't, like, pick up a box and look if there's food. Like, he's eating from the trash can like the trash can is the plate. Look, we're filmmakers. We have a background in film. I'm not trying to tear apart this person's very sincere, artistic, you know, attempts, right? I'm not trying to be a total a-hole here. This gentleman is an auteur, Danny. He is. Now, one thing I'll say is, in the thing, it says, This is a music video I just made for my church. It's a new age retelling of the prodigal son story. It made a few people that have seen it cry. So I'm assuming it's good. I think it is. Comment. And then he got a ton of comments. Super supportive. I'm the biggest jerk in the world for tearing this apart. But because the song gets so dramatic towards the end, when... when Do we see what the brother does? No. But this part of the song is... Honestly, very emotional because the song's emotional Mm -hmm. and he goes to dad and they hug and they cry and it's really lifted by the Reliant K music. Mm -hmm. So I think if anything kind of makes you cry, it's the amazing music with at this point very simple images of just a dad and a father hugging and crying. But when the buildup to that is he spent $45,000 on beer and pizza and forgot to pay the rent. And is instantly eating out of trash cans. This has been the worst afternoon of his life. I mean, as far as the time frame of this video is concerned, he gave him the money at 10 o'clock that morning and then he comes back 12 hours later and he has no home. He's, he ate 40 pizzas in 30 days. <laughs> I wanted to say this guy ate 40 pizzas in 30 days like that Papa John's story, but I was afraid if I commented on it, especially from the podcast account, I'd just seem like a horrible horrible person Jessica's shaking her head at me well there are 
as far as other odd things, there's a um, Super Monkey Ball video game. Okay. That kind of works because when the Super Monkey Ball starts flying forward and you hear it's good, good, good to go. It's like, yeah, you go, Monkey Ball. (laughs) There's a Narnia music video. Someone edited together Narnia footage. Um, There's a... uh, there's a video that's similar to that last one where it's like a guy cracks up, like smashes his girlfriend's car and then tries to make up lies. It's all in pantomime, you know, mm-hmm. there's no audio or anything because he's trying to Good escape stuff. the consequences. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, there's a Jumper AMV. Remember the movie Jumper? I do. Uh, but then there's this, which I guess we'll end on. And not to do more schadenfreude, I'm sorry. But this one is just so strange. It's like... A youth group room, like a big, big youth group room with just people running around just enjoying themselves. This is similar to that 12 Days of Christmas video we saw where it was a room filled with youth group kids. Right. But when the camera went on them, they all had a planned bit to do. This is just a big youth group room with about 10 people just going around pantomiming the song sort of in improvised fashion. And they're all like doing like on they're the what do you call this? What do you call this move? Uh on fleek? No, no. that's the other thing. <laughs> uh dabbing. Dabbing. They're doing very similar like dabbing and like Naruto arms behind their back. Like they're doing these big exaggerated arm movements. <laughs> now this is theatrical. Yeah. Because the guy is like over the top. Broadway style pantomiming the song. This is like this American had to have been some sort of like a. <laughs> this had to have been some sort of like assignment or something. Like when you play games at youth group, this yeah. had to be some kind of game that someone decided to film and put on YouTube. But these three people are standing there where they are and standing where the people are performing and just hanging out. Yep. Like they're singing along. It's a very loose like let's just kind of get in little groups and and do a little right. pantomime. Let's do a little a little bit of a dramatic practice together. <laughs> oh no, he punched him. He didn't really punch him. And now they're running around the room. And one of the like one of the other like youth group like uh I don't want to say instructor. Uh one of the other youth group ministers is like running around taking pictures of all the different groups very frantically. They're having a great time. I love it. And that just shows more that this is a musical. This is a song meant for a musical. So like I said, there should be done that at my youth group. Yeah. (laughs) No, you should be glad they didn't at least don't, at least don't get it on camera. This is I dream of Emily. This just happened. And I decided to record it. My friends turned the music on and boom, a random music video. Just a typical day at youth group. So I don't even think this was meant to be filmed. This was just like, let's play the song and let's totally yeah. Broadway style act it out like it's a big old musical. <laughs> and I wish there was a Reliant K musical out there. Don't you? Let's write it. Let's write it. So if any big Broadway producers are out there <laughs> and you're interested, <laughs> I will send you the I Dream of Emily YouTube video and it will show that Reliant K has the potential for big dramatic Broadway style productions. We can direct it. We can write it. Reliant K doesn't need to be involved. They don't even need to know about it. Maybe John Schneck's going to find out. We can pay him off to keep quiet. 
You can call us up to let us know if you want this deal at 402-95-SADIE. You can email us at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. And you can check out our Twitter and Instagram, which are both Sadie Hawkins Pod. We just wasted 104 minutes of your life.